tanks and football. That's what Maryland does. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Welcome to the Fig Cave. Welcome to a snowy edition of the Fig Cave here in the Jimmy's Famous Seafood Studios. Thank you for joining me. Awesome guest today. Uh, I'm excited about this episode. A good friend of mine and um, maybe owner of the wrestling restaurant mecca of the United States, John Minadakis, co-owner of Jimmy's Famous Seafood here in Baltimore. We'll talk about um, what they've been doing to raise money for some local businesses. We'll get into wrestling. He's a huge wrestling fan, um, buddies with a bunch of the boys, and um, I'm sure he collected wrestling figures as a kid. He had two brothers. I'm sure they were banging some LJNs around. Uh, so, uh, And just probably the best marketing guy on social media as far as restaurants go. I mean, he has built an empire here in Baltimore, and um, the dude does so much charity work excited to talk to uh, talk with him uh, on on a, on a recorded basis here we have uh, text conversations all the time but uh john minadakis they're raising money for local businesses right now that's called the famous fund i'm going to post a link on social media i'm going to post a link in the uh the bio of the episode they've raised three hundred and sixty six thousand dollars. and as i'm sitting here watching the gofundme page it's constantly up i mean i can refresh it and, and the money is coming in from people 10 50 15 10 five dollars whatever people can give um, so we'll get into all that stuff and um, really awesome dude with an awesome story. So stay tuned. All right, John Monadakis on the line from Jimmy's Famous Seafood. What's up, brother? How are you? Great, man. How are you? Not too bad, man. We, we talk quite a bit, but we've never done any sit-down kind of interview, so I'm excited about this. we got a lot to get into. Um, obviously, we're both kind of snowed in at the point right now, so we decided this would be a good morning to do this. Um let me uh, let's start with obviously people can find you guys on social media. It's Jimmy's uh, famous seafood. Uh, the Twitter account. Let me pull it up here. I had it going. Uh, Jim, at Jimmy Seafood on both Instagram and Twitter. I'm going to post the GoFundMe on our uh, social sites and stuff like that. Give everybody the background on Jimmy's famous seafood because if you're from here, you know it. If you're even close to Maryland, you've been here before. But uh, some people may have you know on the West Coast or wherever they're listening may might not know the story of Jimmy's famous seafood. Yeah, it's a family-owned restaurant. Uh, we, this is our 47th year serving the community. So uh, my father was Jimmy. Um, he was an immigrant from Greece. Uh, he came over here, started the business. And, and I guess the rest, as they say, is history. Uh, it's just been a story of hard work and uh, good food and good service. And, um, you know, we've, we've enjoyed some uh, success over the last few years uh, on a national level as well. We do ship nationwide. As you mentioned, there are some people that listen on the West Coast. And, you know, food trucks, uh, dine-in, sports bar, we kind of have something for everybody. It's a very unique place. It's hard to really – and you've been there. Yeah. So you can yeah. Oh, man. It's hard to really articulate uh, in words. Not even pictures do it justice, honestly. It's a very unique and special place. Uh, I'd venture to say there's there's nowhere else in the country quite like it. And uh, just a really beautiful place for the community and a place where you can really meet and walk into all walks of life. 
It's it's weird to say that about a restaurant, but I totally and if I were to describe it, that's how I would describe it. And uh, we'll get into the Major Brothers. They did live six there, their live show back before the holidays. And uh, in the Facebook group, people were like, oh, what's this Jimmy Seafood? Is it a cool place? I'm like, dude, you have no – like there was three or four people that had been there. Dude, you have no idea. And I don't think I heard a bad word from anybody. People – I mean, we'll get into how much uh, beer and food we probably drank there, all of us. But, uh, I mean, everyone had so many good things to say. People are ordering now crab cakes for you know delivery and stuff. So, I mean, people go there. They become an instant fan. So that's a, a sign of uh, you as a great marker and just you know great team behind you and all that kind of stuff. Um what made you start the Famous Fund? I kind of alluded to it before we got you on the line. You're raising money for local businesses here in the Baltimore area with uh, COVID shut down. Uh, there was no dine-in seating for, what, six weeks over the holidays, kind of just, just ended over the last week or two. Uh, you guys have raised now over $360,000 for local businesses. Did you ever imagine you would get to this point? What what made you start it? I know the guys at Barstool are doing something and uh, you're in talks with Dave quite a bit, whether it's friendly or, or not friendly. <laughs> um, what made you start the Famous Fund, and, and can you believe it's gotten to this point? Yeah, I mean, Dave's, Dave's definitely the reason why I started it. Because um, he did help out a couple Baltimore spots mm-hmm. uh, earlier, and I thought that was amazing. And, you know, you can attest to this, just knowing these people and, and knowing their story and knowing how this changed their life, I was really impressed. And that's what uh, urged me to make the bet with him before the Ravens game against Buffalo. And unfortunately, the Ravens lost. Now, if the Ravens would have won, I would have been able to select any other Baltimore business of my choosing for him to help out. So when the Ravens lost, you know, I wasn't bummed because the team lost. I was bummed because I felt like I let somebody down. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I slept on it, and uh, the next morning, I, I came up with the idea for the Famous Fund. And as we all expected the Ravens to win, I was kind of asking people on social, who do you think we should help? when the Ravens win mm-hmm. and three places kept showing up in the mentions and I started looking into them and they were all like just really heartbreaking stories. So we started the fund uh, as simple as possible. It was a really quick video I shot and a GoFundMe link and it just exploded kind of overnight. And our goal was to raise a hundred thousand dollars, which truth be told, we kind of felt was unrealistic. Uh, <laughs> we were hoping that we could raise a 50,000 and spread it out amongst these five places. Uh, since then we're over 20, businesses right now saved it's awesome uh, and we just posted the eighth phone call which was delivered by roman reigns so there's kind of like a wrestling element to it which is pretty cool uh, Big E did a call last week we have a couple other guys lined up for future calls and that's where we really stick out from the famous uh, excuse me from the bar school fund because you don't get portnoy uh calling you you get you know <laughs> an actual celebrity uh you probably recognize and admire and that's kind of the beginning of the exciting call because you see the person's reaction when they see who's on the other line and then they of course they get the good news and you know long term obviously you know their business is able to stay open for a couple more weeks months until things get back to normal so um you know it's kind of consumed my life here the last two days but it's it's, that's in a good way you know it's uh it's an emotional it's a it's a spiritual high for sure what made you um, come up with the idea of using local celebrities and you know national celebrities to, to make these videos? It's an awesome touch because I mean you're a very uh, articulate guy and you, know, you could do these yourself or, or have some of your staff do it. But to add that extra touch of you know former Ravens players and, and professional athletes and local you know newscasters and stuff like that, I think it adds a cool touch to it and makes people want to watch it even even more. You know, and see the next one that comes out. 
Yeah, well, you know, the idea there is twofold. Number one, uh, I don't think that you want to see my face on the other side of that call. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think it's kind of self-serving a bit when you're the guy making the call every time. It's you're almost like you're playing God. Mm-hmm. And then, so what we did was we, we started tying in these celebrities because it raises the profile for each place. So now when every wrestling fan sees Roman Reigns made the call <clears> to <throat> the restaurant that received the funding today, they're going to look that place up. Yeah. And yeah. that place will get a whole new set of eyeballs on it. And it'll help them not only financially, but long-term as well by you know getting them some new customers and some new fans. So it was really a no-brainer for me. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've been watching the videos, and there's been a couple that I didn't even like. This Michael's Steak and Lobster House, I've never heard of this place. And it looks like I Googled it real quick when the video came up uh, uh, earlier today. And it looks awesome. I'm going to go check it out. I mean, it looks like a little, like, my favorite type of restaurant, like a little mom and pop, like just good food, like – doesn't have fancy freaking lights and signs and, and corporate shit all over it. It's like a, a hardworking, good food type of place. So um, that is really cool. And uh, I'm excited to see some more of these videos come out. I'm going to urge some of our listeners to, you know, if it's a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, whatever, um, donate to that. Uh, that. How long are you going to have that going on for? Do you have any kind of, I mean, there's no end in sight to COVID, it seems like. So it maybe is this going to keep going? We're over a hundred applications, man. So wow. uh, we we need money to get to get, get these people uh, yeah. the help that they need, the help that they deserve. So uh, yeah, it's we are actually going to be turning this into a five hundred one c three. So it'll be a legit charity where people can write it off if yeah. they choose to make uh, corporately. Uh, yeah, as you said, uh, I think this is now just a, a complete movement with no one in sight. And we have a lot of restaurants in Baltimore City, as you know, and they all need help. Uh, whether they've asked for it or not, uh, they do need it. Some people are just very prideful and they don't want to. So, yeah. we'll, we'll, you know, we'll hopefully get to everybody. Um, our original number was five. Uh, my lucky number is 25. So that was my next goal. Uh, we're over 30 now we've, that we've mm. financially been able to assist. So, uh, you know, I'm dreaming big. I'm looking at 50 or 100 right now. Did you help Costas, uh, Costas in? Was that one of the places? No, so Costas actually donated. because Okay, that's account. what it was. Okay. Yeah, the prerequisite is it's got to be a city re- restaurant or bar. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, Marshall Fund's a little more general in the sense that um, they help small businesses in general. We're here to help restaurants and bars, and um, so we can't help out like uh, you know, a painting company, for example. Yeah. it's got to be. Yeah. So I mean, that cost us in there. They're uh, they're close to Baltimore. They're kind of on the outskirts. They're a crab cake place though, and it's cool to see yeah. like you know. Not, not that c- competition matters right now, but I mean, it is cool to see like a place like that helping out when they're, you know, possibly in a similar situation. We've had the Ravens, the Orioles donating a lot of local uh, radio guys. I see Jeremy Kahn on the list, our buddy. Um, and then Tom Holland, Spider Man, uh, donating 10 grand, I think it was. So pr- pretty awesome stuff, man. A lot, a lot of cool donations coming in. I've just been sitting here watching it update. Um, it's been a tough year for Baltimore. I mean, 2020 was a tough year. We had COVID. We had our buddy, the Bruiser, an MCW uh, superstar, pass away. We had Mo Gabba pass away, uh, a young kid here in Baltimore who was on the local sports radio station. It was kind of like the the mascot of Baltimore. I'm sure people have seen him on ESPN and uh, NFL Network and stuff. I mean, is are, were you just ready to have that year over with? I know you kind of made it out the other end pretty well. I mean, you have a lot of things, you know, a lot of lines in the fire, but. I mean, 2020 was just a bad year for Baltimore all around and just the country. I mean, I don't want to get into politics and any kind of bullshit like that, but just like, are we ready now to kind of turn the corner with all this stuff? 
I mean, in my mind, we already have. And, you know, I'm one of those guys that just tries to make each year the best year ever. And uh, that was just definitely not a great one. And at the core of everything is, and you mentioned names, and those are people. And we're programmed in our industry to be around people. Nobody gets into the restaurant industry if they don't like people. Mm -hmm. and it just it, it hurt uh, twice being put on lockdown and not being able to serve people, not yeah. being able to interact and to make somebody's birthday and to congratulate somebody on graduating you know, high school or college and not being able to buy that person dessert to celebrate their anniversary. It's like the little things like that. It's a human interaction that we all crave and that we're all programmed for and getting to know people and letting them become part of your family. Uh, so I was just ready to shoot that thing into the moon, and I don't even want to talk about it. I know. <laughs> let's it's move on. And you know, it's famous fun time now. Yes, for sure. Um, let's talk about something different. Let's talk about professional wrestling. You're a big professional wrestling fan. Uh, I know, like me, you don't watch it as much over the last couple of years as as we used to. But we're both kind of kids of the Attitude Era. We, we talk about it all the time. You're friends with some of the boys. When did you? What are your first kind of wrestling memories? Do you remember your dad taking you to shows? Do you remember you and your brothers playing with figures? Like, what was what? How did wrestling become part of your life as a kid? Yeah, I think it's like any kid. It's just um, the good guy versus bad guy story, and that's why I, I think that wrestling is very healthy for children, and that's why I, you know, I try not to give WWE any grief for marketing towards children. I think it's a good guy versus bad guy story um, as as old as time, and. The characters are real life superheroes and they take care of their bodies in real life uh, as uh, if they are real life superheroes. And it's uh, just a very riveting story. And we as adults tend to uh, give them a hard time for using the same storyline over and over, but it's a proven formula and it's something that resonates with children. And, you know, me being that child. Uh, you know, guys like the Ultimate Warrior, you know, that guy looked larger than life to me. So, you know, I mean, I fell in love with wrestling. You know, I, I was a huge Mr. Perfect fan. I was at the arena two rows from the top when Owen Hart won the King of the Ring. Wow, and those are some special memories to me. Uh, you know, I went to the USA Arena at the time to see Mr. Perfect. And um, these, are, these are guys that, you know, they were, they were everything I wanted to be. They were athletic. Uh, they were charismatic. And who wouldn't want to be like that, right? Uh, you know, the ultimate warrior with the face paint and the tassels on his arm, he just looked like he was out of a Marvel comic book. And I think that's the best part about wrestling, whether you're six years old or 60, is finding somebody that you identify with. Yeah. Uh, and that's why wrestling will never die. 100%. And that's why I feel like uh, a, lot of, a lot of people, a lot of buddies of mine are just like, why is Goldberg back? Like, what is going on? But, I mean, he's a guy that looks like he came off of a comic book. I mean, he's, you know, even in his advanced age now, I mean, compared to some of the guys that are, that are wrestling that don't, you know, might not have that look. I mean, he has that old school look. So I can see why, you know, they bring him back and want to have a guy like Drew McIntyre get a big win over him and kind of a statement for his title run. Um, when did it start when you guys started? Uh, well, first, I, did you and your brother have like wrestling figure? I mean, we're obviously a wrestling figure podcast is what we usually do here on the show. Did you guys collect wrestling figures as a kid? Did you oh, have yeah. like the Hasbro's or anything? Or, oh yeah, I vividly remember having like the rubber King Kong Bundy and the rubber Junkyard Dog yeah. upstairs in the balcony of Jimmy's, which is where we lived at the time, uh, and just playing with them. And then later on, I remember the uh, Razor Ramon and Diesel figures when they really got uh, advanced with it. Yeah, and even in, in my age now, uh, I have one or two figures that I just that really caught my eye. The detail to them, so I have like the Ultimate Warrior one with the jacket. And just stay in my office, you know, nice. and people come into the office and 
they kind of roll their eyes when they see that. But, uh, you know, that's, that's who I am. That's part of who I am. And uh, if you're in my office, you're, you're probably there trying to sell me something anyway. So you're not wanting to kind of criticize me. Yeah, you're not trying to impress anybody that's coming in there. Yeah, for sure. Um, you, you, I remember as like, you know, 10 years ago, or not maybe not even that long ago, it was like, Everything on social media was like, "Oh, we got this this Ravens player in. We got this Oreo player in. Uh, they're eating at Jimmy's Seafood. Wow, look at this! It's a cool, like you know, local thing." And then it kind of shifted. Like you started having the the wrestlers come in. They started posting about it. You would tell me they were coming in, and uh, I mean, you would feed these guys when they were driving from D.C. to Philadelphia or vice versa, and became friends with some of them. How did all that start? And how how is that different? I don't I don't want you to badmouth either side, or I just want positive here. I mean, how is it different partnering with those guys versus like professional athletes? Is it similar? I mean, I feel like the wrestling guys like don't get the love that maybe a professional athlete does, um, and I'm sure they're appreciative just to get you know a place where they're driving late nights. There's no nothing open besides a Seven Eleven or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. And, um... You know, the wrestlers have always come to Jimmy's because of that reason. Uh, even way before social media, I have, I have pictures uh, when I was a kid sitting on Paul Orndorff's lap, uh, lap rather, um, and I have pictures with Bam Bam Bigelow and Jeff Jarrett. Um, but with social media becoming so prevalent, it really made it known to people that aren't from Baltimore that this is a place where the wrestlers go to. And, and the main reason is because, as you mentioned, they can get a really good meal up until one in the morning. Uh, so there's no more Denny stops. There's no more Taco Bell stops. You know, they know when they're driving through Baltimore, they can actually get a legit meal if they get out of the arena at 1130 or midnight. Yeah. And that's kind of how the relationship started between pro wrestlers and uh, Jimmy's. Of course, we cater to wrestling fans. Um, so wrestling fans feel welcome there. Uh, whereas most places, 99% of places, they don't want us. You know, and I, and I say us because I'm one of, uh, yeah. one of the wrestlers. They they stereotype us. They think we're going to sit there and drink a soda uh, for five hours and maybe order <laughs> fries and pick our nose and, and wait for our mommy to pick us up. You know, they all categorize us that way. So I think it, that's that's the double side of making it a wrestling spot. And yeah, as you know, there's wrestling on the screens twenty four seven at Jimmy's. Yep. Old school wrestling. So in uh, comparing uh, the pro wrestlers to pro athletes, and, and pro wrestlers are pro athletes, but traditional pro athletes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the word grateful, and, and that's the biggest thing is, uh, you know, these are guys that kind of be, they're looked at as like, you know, as, as, at times as almost like circus freaks and fake is always the word that's thrown around. So people kind of don't respect them as much, I've, you know, and that's a shame because honestly, their their schedule yeah. and their life is twice as hard I couldn't, imagine. I couldn't even imagine it could you like traveling yeah. that just the travel itself not even like the, the punishment your body goes through the travel like i hate being in a car late at night or like you know dro- constantly driving i mean so yeah so to, to to have a place like jimmy's and there's other places like it there's a place i believe it's called kowloon's in the boston area that goes out of their way to you know make you feel appreciated and let you know that your work is recognized I feel resonates with them and uh, has really helped uh, help them spread the message and let people know on Twitter and, and Instagram, or whatever the case is, that this is a pretty cool place. And if you're a wrestling fan, you should check it out. 
Yeah, supposedly that Kowloon's is closing because I think the 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 father or the 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 parents are, are are getting older and the and the kids don't want to run it anymore because I know the the major brothers were you know they would stop up there when they were in the the Massachusetts area. So um, you you guys might be the only one left, but I mean it's a it's a diehard fan base and like you you do it right. You have uh, you have it all set up when the pay per views happen. You have you know specific drinks and and meals and and specials and stuff for wrestling fans and people know like. You know, okay, I, there's an AEW pay-per-view coming up. Why am I going to spend $60? I want to support it, but I don't want to spend $60 just to, you know, in COVID, just sit by myself and watch it. I can't have any friends over. So let me go to Jimmy's and, and grab some good food, grab some sushi and crab cake, egg rolls, and, you know, pay 50 bucks for food and drinks and watch the f- show for free, basically. Um, so it's it's an awesome atmosphere there. And, you know, I think, I think wrestlers and wrestling fans kind of get, like, that rub from people that it's, you know, a cartoony type of – crap and it's not real but you know it's it's just as real as people watching uh game of thrones you know what i mean like we've talked about that before it's 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 a tv show that we enjoy and it's it takes a lot it takes the acting and it takes the athleticism so it's a lot a lot to it um you've become pretty good friends with with roman reigns he's done a lot of cool charity stuff for you when when you need him to uh i know you guys speak every once in a while um how how has that relationship come up come together i know you were really there for him during his leukemia stuff and and, you know it's just a you know besides being the biggest wrestler in the world everything you've told me just seems like the best down-to-earth dude that's willing to help anybody and everybody and it it doesn't fit his character right now so i'm sure he can't show that on social media but uh tell us about your, your friendship with him and how that's kind of developed yeah um he's just a great person he's and I think everybody that's that guy has somebody like that in their life that just makes them want to be a better human. Uh, you know, that's kind of what he is to me. Uh, he's a great family man. He's a great friend. Uh, he's a great, you know, anything that he is called upon to be in his personal life, he does it to the best of his abilities. And he's a very honorable person. Um, he's beaten leukemia twice. He works his tail off uh, to be the best in his job, as you mentioned. Um, and he's just somebody that, you know, pushes you to be a better person. And as you mentioned, anytime we have something going on with, with a charity, he doesn't even hesitate. It's mm. within seconds. I'm in. You know, what do you need? And he he realizes what kind of a platform he has. And he wants to use that for good. And despite, as you mentioned, his character right now on screen not being conducive to that, he still finds ways to get it in there. And he's still helping fight. Uh, the fight against leukemia. You know, he's helping us out with the famous thought. Anything we need, uh, make a wish. Uh, Toys for Tots, he's there for us. And that guy's got a crazy schedule. And I've, I've gotten a, a peek at it a time or two, and I couldn't imagine uh, being pulled in a million different directions the way he does. But the most important thing are his values and his faith, and that's to be commended. And I think as time goes on and the curtain gets pulled back a little more. Uh, wrestling fans are going to really continue to fall more and more in love with uh, you know Joe, the man, as well as Roman, the wrestler. And I think that they're going to miss him when he's you – know, not that he's going to leave anytime soon, but I- I'm glad he had this kind of heel turn for people to kind of appreciate him a little bit more because – you know, I, I miss Cena. I wasn't a huge fan of his. I wasn't one of the, the dedicated haters, but, you know, I kind of got tired of watching him. But you kind of miss a guy like that now, and, and we would definitely miss Roman. I think he just stands out over everyone else. I'm not trying to kiss his butt or anything, but I just feel like he's on a different level, and he kind of reminds me of one of those old-school guys that just, like, you see him, and you know, this is what a professional wrestler should look like. You know, that match last night against Kevin Owens, 
what was insane. They didn't do any uh, top rope 450 planchas or anything. They just like beat the shit out of each other, basically. You know what I mean? It was just a fun wrestling match. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about it. He, I think he's the best in the business. I'm sure you agree. And uh, it's cool to see him partnering with you, man. It's, a, it's an awesome thing. Um, Live 6, the major wrestling figure podcast was there. I think it was November or early December, uh, right before kind of things shut down for you, which was like the week before. It was like perfect timing. Um, you had, I think, 75 or 100 wrestling figure fans, you know, spaced out. We all wore masks. Uh, they did a live show there. They're good friends of ours. Uh, tell us how that all developed because I was kind of in their ear like, dude, you guys got to go to Jimmy's, man. If you're going to do another live show, it's like the perfect, you know, it's a it's a wrestling mecca. They always stop there. They always talk about it. They always talk about the food. Uh, how did that all come together? And then what, what do you remember besides them drinking out of all your uh, Stone Cold IPA? Yeah, I mean, we've done podcasts in the past with uh, Conrad, obviously, <clears throat> probably seven or eight at this point. I've always been amazed by this professionalism and the organization that Conrad has. And um, when things started to open up a little bit, I reached out to Hawkins and Ryder and I said, hey, we can do something at 50%. Uh, so while we can't put 200 people in the room, you know, my capacity is 240, we could do 100 people. And they were all about it, man. And luckily, as you mentioned, we picked a date that fell in between the two uh, lockdowns and they did it right. Uh, anybody that was there can attest to that. And as amazed as I was by Conrad, uh, those guys just kind of took it to the next level. Mm -hmm. And I said something to you. Uh, I knew that they were great entertainers. I knew that they were great at, at their professional wrestling job, but this is a whole different world. It's basically being a producer yeah. and when you're responsible for the happiness of a hundred people that paid good money uh, to be at your show, you have uh, a debt and a responsibility to them. And those guys went way over. Uh, anybody that was there will tell you that there's no way those guys made any money on that thing. They spent every penny they made right back into the product by you know, doing guest appearances and the gifts and the production value. It was amazing. And I just can't wait. Uh, for things to get back to whatever normal is and we're able to do another one because those guys have something very, very, very special uh, going and it'll be able to carry them, I think, through the next phase of their life. Uh, you know, you always see our favorite wrestlers working the indies and, and doing things along that nature uh, when their time at the WWE or AEW comes to an end. But those guys really have a niche market and they're passionate about it. And they care about it. It's not just a source of income for yeah, them. Yeah. It's something they care about. And it's something, you know, when you're, you know, when I, when I can throw a WrestleMania party or a revolution party at Jimmy's, I can do the nuances that you mentioned because I am one of the wrestling fans and mm -hmm. when they're doing these shows. They'll go over the top because they are one of the you know, people that collects wrestling figures. And uh, it's going to be amazing to watch this thing grow uh, over the next you know, five, six, seven years. Yeah, they remind me of you a lot because they market themselves so well. I mean, they have pins and shirts, and every week they have a new drop of something coming out. They have their own wrestling figures coming out. And before we, before I let you go, I want to talk about your just marketing prowess. I know you have people, you know, Jimmy Seafood is not just you. You have your brother who's, you know, an amazing chef. You have uh, everybody, the serving staff, everybody that helps you do, you know, marketing and all that kind of stuff. 
Um, I mean, three food trucks. You, you do you do so much with social media. Like, do you ha- ever have restaurants that reach out to you? Because I have so many. You know, I, I I'm in liquor stores all day for work, and they have a hundred or two hundred followers on Instagram or or Facebook. They just don't put the time into it. They just don't have the staff or 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 you know they're they're running the business. It's th- two or three people. Um, but I just you know I just see what you do, and you've you've grown it. You've you've made relationships. You can tweet. You know Dave Portnoy, who has a million or two million followers, and, and he's going to chirp you back. You know what I mean? Like, how did how did you pick all that up? Was just it was it just like learning on the job? Yeah, absolutely. And, and as you mentioned, it, it's grow it grows. It doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, yeah. So we've been doing this for a very long time, and we're passionate about it. And it's free at the end of the day, right? So you have to take advantage of it. It's it's a gift. It's a blessing. It's a necessary evil, as I call it. It's something that my father didn't have. So just yesterday, for example, uh, with the snow, how would everybody have known in 1989 that Jesus <laughs> was open without social media, right? Whereas all I have to do is take two minutes out of my day and post something and letting people know that we're open. And, you know, you mentioned the liquor stores that you work with, and they might have 200 and 300 and get discouraged. They shouldn't because that was Jimmy's one day. And, mm-hmm. you know, everything that happened along the way, we can document, you know, the free crab cakes for life and the pita. It's not like we went from twenty to sixty thousand on Instagram overnight. Yeah. It was okay. Peter got us a hundred new people. Now it's and then every day that you post, you get three or four new people, and then you do get spikes. And it's something that you have to, to work at. It's like anything else. And you know, I, I always compare social media to being in the gym, and people want to see the results overnight. And it's not how it works. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have to put months and years into it, and you have to do the right thing most of the time. Uh, you have to know the times to post. You have to keep it clean at times, and you have to eat clean. And you know, it's it's not one magic formula. It's a process, and you have to embrace the process. Otherwise, you're just going to get frustrated and quit. And we see that a lot, kind of around this time, right? With people that are quitting on New Year resolutions, mm. and they make it easier on the rest of us because now we have less equipment to wait for. And people like that in the marketing world that quit. Uh, they make it easier for the rest of us because now there's less tweets or less Instagram posts for the customer to look at. Yep. Yeah, I think yeah, it's definitely a slow crawl. But I mean, when I see some of my stores that haven't posted since you know 2019, and I'm just you know, I just try to pull up your page like, dude, this this is what you could you could do. I mean, you could really like, you know, people love food, people love alcohol. They'll they'll read and post and retweet it you know all day if you make it if you make it fun. So yeah, you you've you've made a, a damn good niche for yourself with that john um before we get out of here this is a weird question to ask you but this is a question we ask all our guests um if you had one last meal uh you could eat whatever the hell you wanted uh what would it be oh man that's actually a really good question um you know honestly i have to go with my gut and the first thing that comes to mind and we talk about being wrestling fans and things having nostalgia to them um you know, when I was in high school, man, the Burger King chicken sandwich was my go-to. <laughs> and I don't think it's chicken now in hindsight. <laughs> I don't know what's in there, but, uh, you know, when I get, like, my my one mega cheat, mega hangover meal each year, it's without question the Burger King chicken sandwich. Nice. The long, is it the long one? The one that's like the this? Long one, yep. yeah. 
Yeah, I used to, my grandma used to take me there all the time. That's a good call. Last week, our guest said a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and I was like, "What the hell are you talking about?" He's like, "When I was a kid, we didn't have much money. My mom would make me peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I, you know, that's like the coolest answer." And I was like, "Some people were like, you know, steak, and I would say steak, or you know, but your answer and all everybody's answer is different. When you when you're at Jimmy's Famous Seafood, you've eaten there probably five million times." What? How many times a week do you eat there? And then what's like your? I mean, are you just like a grilled chicken and vegetables guy? Just because you've had everything a thousand times? No, nah, I mean I eat there seven days a week, man. Yeah. Honestly, and three times a day. Oh, uh, yeah. The only time that you know I'm not eating Jimmy's food is when my fiance is making food or yeah. uh, when we have dinner once in a while. But yeah, and I I enjoy pretty much everything uh, on the menu. I try to eat as clean as possible. As you know, we have the, the meal prep line, so. My first two meals are always from the meal prep line and as clean as possible. And the third or fourth meal, you know, I kind of get a little sloppy with it. I'll have a steak or something, you know, crab cake, which isn't all that bad anyways. But, you know, know, once a week or so, usually Sundays, usually during the NFL season, we kind of go all out with the wings and the crab cake, egg rolls. And so, I mean, I've had pretty much everything on that menu and I don't, to answer everybody's question that I get asked all the time, ever get sick of the food there. No, yeah, that's good. I mean, I, I don't think I would. I mean, you got so many different options. Uh, somebody tweeted the other day about something like, oh, I, I don't really like a guy from Baltimore. Like, I don't really like seafood, but I, maybe I should check out Jimmy's Famous Seafood. And I don't know if you saw that, but I was like, bro, just get a steak. Like, there's so many other things on the. It's a freaking <laughs> restaurant, man. Come on, man. I mean, if you follow uh, you for like two weeks, you would see some like amazing steaks on there. But uh, John, thank you. We'll, we'll have you on here maybe for like a WrestleMania recap or pay per view or something. I, I know you love talking wrestling. Thank you so much for taking some time out uh, while we're sitting at home during this snow snowmageddon here. Uh, continued success. Hopefully, we can raise a bunch more money for uh, the famous fund, and hopefully, we make it all out of this stuff on the other side. We can have a beer uh, pretty soon outside on that new outside deck, man. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Cool, brother. Have a good one. Take care. That was John Mendedakis from Jimmy's Famous Seafood. Uh, one of my favorite people. Literally the nicest dude on the earth uh, that would give you the shirt off of his back. Um, I'm going to urge everyone listening uh, to make a donation to the Famous Fund. I'm going to post the link on our social media and on to the episode here and on apple podcast you'll be able to click the link i believe and uh just give a dollar and make it from you know joe at the fig cave or mark at the fig cave or whatever your name is and uh let them know that we appreciate them uh if you've never eaten at jimmy's famous seafood uh if you ever come to baltimore you let me know i'm gonna i'm gonna take you there i'm gonna buy you a beer and we're gonna have uh, a good time talking wrestling uh, i've done it with uh several buddies i know tom from the run-in podcast came for that major wrestling figure podcast episode and we had a great time and he hasn't shut up about how good the freaking crab cake egg rolls are him and him and kenny from the call up are both uh big crab cake egg roll fans actually had some the other night from their food truck so uh i mean it's just awesome to see them and they are they are not struggling uh luckily they, they just they have so many things going on for them like three or four food trucks they're they're I can look at the schedule and they're going to be somewhere near me in the state of Maryland if I want to get a crab cake. Uh, they do, you know, they have an awesome bar. They do tons of tons of stuff, uh, carry out delivery all over the country. So uh, they are set up way better for this pandemic than, than other restaurants. But uh, it is cool that they're not just like burying their head in the sand. They are doing the op- exact opposite. They're helping out other restaurants and bars in the Baltimore area. And um, I, I, w- I would hope there's a Jimmy's. 
I would hope there's a Jimmy's. Okay, better. I I would I hope there's a Jimmy's famous seafood in everybody's city uh, to help us through all of this because um, it's really needed right now. So, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. Check out the Fig Cave on Facebook. Thefigcave.com is the best way to get there. Uh, it's a free Facebook group. Uh, we have about 250 folks in there buying and selling and trading wrestling figures. And uh, hope to see you there. Hope you enjoy this episode and hopefully you come back next week. Uh, we appreciate you. Stay classy. liked our podcast check out our buddies at the run-in podcast on apple itunes spotify also check out coming down the aisle the rest get wrestle podcast and to call up on spotify and youtube